All right, order up a Colorado Mountain Pie for this one, guys. Uh, there's only one place where you can get that true Colorado Mountain Pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. And right now, they're giving the DNVR fam a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. The only place we can find a true Colorado Mountain mouth-watering pie is Bojo's. And like I said, they're hooking you up with a free honey cheese bread. You guys know the Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not only natives but for those of you guys who are just passing through we've got the best pizza in town their dough is made fresh daily contains locally sourced honey and they also infuse their dough with natural sweetener it's to die for there's something for everyone at bojo's large delicious mountain pies for the entire family a huge salad bar that's for adam fresh veggies galore colorado and breck breck beers on tap you want to say something? Nope. <laughs> I like right. the salad bar. I like the salad. <laughs> I will not be shamed. I'm not, not going to be shamed by that. It's a good salad bar. Hit, hit, hit them up for everything. If you're just going out to dinner, if you're trying to host a private party, oh, they've I'm got so gluten-free and plant-based options too. Head to their nearest location, grab an entree and your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR. Bojos.com or B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com. So what is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm going to host the show, and I have no idea what we're going to do. I'm Adam Matas. Harrison Wynn is joining me just to the read. Yeah. S- special guest, Kato Bates, the option be here. Yeah, he should be any minute. Any minute. Um, sorry that Malik Beasley couldn't make it. Uh, that voice you heard just a second ago is Brennan Boat. So, guys, this is the first time I've ever been in front of a player when he got traded. Mm. It was a weird one. We've had a couple weird moments at Pepsi Center this year. Uh, the Kobe Bryant game. Oh, God, yeah. Tonight. Man, this week. Yeah, it's yeah. been uh, it's been a weird year for a number of reasons, but yeah, uh, and we'll talk about the scene in the locker this room. But man, it was a little surreal. That's what I would, how I would put it. The the Kobe night was obviously surreal. I think it was obviously more of like a pit in your stomach kind of night. This one, not that, but it is just um, it's the end of an era, and we knew this one was coming, but it still feels really weird. I think in part because what happened. So before we get into the details, let's just recap. Shortly after tonight's game, Denver, we're going to spend some time, I believe, on tonight's game because it was a very interesting one. Denver yeah, we'll get to absolutely it. dominated who, who Portland. Oh, that's right. Portland, 127-99. And a lot of things happened in it. Damian Lillard got shut down for the first time in forever. Jokic went off. Jamal Murray returned and looked great. Will Barton looked awesome, got a rest. Tori Craig, Gary. There's so many things to talk about. And we're not going to get to them till much, much later. <laughs> because shortly after the game, maybe 20 minutes, the Denver Nuggets executed a trade. And let's just go over the pieces real quick. Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second-round pick went to the Houston Rockets. Denver Nuggets received Gerald Green. Shabazz Na- Gerald Green, who's out for the year. Shabazz who's going to be waived. And is going to be waived. Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, Keita Bates-Diop, a Houston first. The Timberwolves get Malik Beasley. Evan Turner, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, and in Atlanta first, and the Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene. So for Denver, it's it's over. Beasley, Vanderbilt, Juancho out the door. First thought, Juancho Hernan Gomez is one of those guys where real Nuggets fans will probably reference Juancho years from now. I think when you look back at the Jokic, I don't. Mm. He's not a face of it. He's not a face of it. But I think those people who wear the diehard shirts. The ones who go to the watch parties, I think they're going to remember the Wancho years, and, and it's certainly not for for what he did on the court. Well, no, I think it is. He had a couple very high profile. I mean, I said this the other day on the on a solo pod I was doing. Wancho is 
mysteriously a part of some of Denver's best moments of this era. Definitely. The block shot to win the game against the Warriors. Yeah, that's true. And then everybody storms the court. Mm-hmm. There was the Wancho game in 2016 where he just lights up the court and it was mm-hmm. just incredible. I don't, it just feels like he's been around for some fun ones. So I think he's a fan favorite. Um, and then, of course, the Milwaukee game he was a big piece of uh, just the other day. He's gone. Beasley's gone. Vanderbilt is gone. I mean, Vanderbilt's an interesting one because he just never quite cracked the rotation. I mean, I was a big fan of his coming in, but it, it was clear he was not going anywhere. What's your first impression of this? Well, real quick, to Brendan's point about Nuggets fans that have been watching this team really closely over the last couple of years remembering Wancho, I think that's right. And, and Wancho even had a quote, a great quote, last year during the playoff run where he said that, the guys who are on the team right now, you know, they're going to be remembered for starting what he thought at the time was going to be, you know, three, four, five years where Denver was going to be a contender. You know, it was going to be this yeah. group that was going to be remembered as the team that got Denver in position to yep. be a contender for years to come. And he's probably spot on about that. So I, I agree. That's why he's going to be remembered. My first thought when I saw this deal was kind of what you opened the show with just now. It's the end of an era in the sense that you know, Denver has just been accumulating guys here. They've been preaching continuity. We don't skip steps. They've not been skipping steps. And now it seems like they're going all in or they're taking steps towards going all in. And we'll talk, I'm sure, in a second about if there's another deal coming, which you know, it seems like there might be. But this seems like the Nuggets front office pivoting from one way of conducting business like they have been and growing internally, uh, not skipping steps. Who's to, left this team? Nurkic, Moutier, Leiden, Lyles, yeah. Thomas Welsh. Yeah. Like, who else has left this team that has come to the team? Like, that, over the last three or four years, there hasn't yeah. been anyone. So this was the first trade, so there is a weirdness to yeah. it. That's, so these guys have been around. They're pivoting from that into a, all right, we're going to – try to take advantage and capitalize on what we see as a potential championship window. So my first impression, and we'll get to exactly what you referenced, my first impression, first uh, thought was, this can't be it. This just cannot be the deal. It doesn't make sense. What Denver got in this deal, Gerald Green is going to be waived. Shabazz Napier, who is a point guard. So Denver now has Jamal Murray, Shabazz Napier, P.J. Dozier, and Monte Morris. That's four point guards. There's a huge redundancy there. None of those guys are, like, shooting guards. I mean, other than Jamal Murray, the starting point guard. And two of them are, are kind of, like, they're undersized point guards even. Oh, totally. Even for a backup. Totally. Shabazz Napier is a six-foot, like, ball-dominant offensive first point guard. They got Noah Vonley, who they already have. Jokic, Millsap, Grant, Plumley. You add another bit, like, true big, it doesn't make sense. And then Keita Bates-Diop, you know, he's a little bit more of like, I guess there could be a need for him. I don't think so. I don't think he would play in the rotation, but somebody got hurt. One guy got hurt, maybe he slides in, but probably not. And then, of course, a Houston first-round draft pick, which that's not a great draft pick. That's probably the 23rd, 24th draft pick. Um, Denver doesn't – this is not a great draft, and Denver just doesn't need more draft picks unless they're Mm. going to trade. So to me, this trade doesn't make any sense. And it is an absolute disaster of a trade unless it's a precursor to another deal, what it almost certainly seems like it is. And to be quite honest, this trade deadline always seemed like it was going to be less active than trade deadlines in years past when it comes to the big-name players. There's really only one, maybe two, maybe three big-name guys out there. Who are they? Drew Holiday, 
potentially Kevin Love. Yeah. And maybe the third is like a Zach Levine. Like those are the, like the three big names that oh. are out there right now. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell it might be the third oh, guy. Oh, D'Angelo Russell, yeah, but Denver's them. not going for D'Lo. Um, so I also had that first thought. This has to be a first step in a Drew Holiday deal. It's got to be because on paper what Denver got back doesn't make sense if they're really looking to contend with the group that's still here in Denver and – <laughs> these three players that were just brought in from Minnesota. And we know from, from Woj and Shams' reporting that, or, or I should say Woj more specifically, that Denver has been on the phones regarding Drew Holiday. So nothing crazy, nothing tinfoil hat about looking at these moves and seeing them as they got up, they got off the phone with New Orleans and New Orleans said, sure, maybe there's a deal here, but we'd like these players. And Denver said, we got to change this roster so that we're comfortable moving on from those guys, right? Monte, right. Mason, Etc. Otherwise, um, barring another move, like you said, Adam, it makes no sense at all. It did not alleviate any of this, um, these log jams, right? You didn't really clear up the rotation. So you have to think it's probably a Drew Holiday deal they're angling for. So now Levonle and expiring, Shabazz Napier and expiring, Keita Bates-Diop has a team option next year, so he could be an expiring. Still on a rookie deal, right? Still on that rookie deal. So this is really players that are all – not clearly not part of the long term future. I can't imagine you're trying to go into the playoffs with a fifth big like true big. So to yeah. me this sounds like a precursor, but what concerns me about it is we waited a good hour after these deals went because we wanted to see if another deal was coming. There's two days before the trade deadline. There's always a chance it doesn't work out. We think the Tyler Leiden pick, and we've heard the, the stories, the Tyler Leiden pick was the precursor to another deal that never happened. It just they didn't want light, and they got stuck with lighting because the deal fell through. And if Denver got stuck with this roster, I think it would be a real, real concern. So I'm just kind of spitballing here, but what are the chances that Denver and New Orleans were on the phone about Drew Holiday? New Orleans goes, all right, if you guys accumulate another first-round pick, here's the package that we would want. If you still have this package after you, know, you complete this deal tonight, well, we got a handshake for Drew Holiday in the morning. And is that, right, I mean, just, just based off the pieces that are coming in, your mind goes to Monte Mason, Gary maybe? Right, Be- because what's the, uh, what's the aggregation or the, the rules on guys that you bring in for a trade? They, yeah, can't, be, can't, can't, yeah. they can't be combined together in an, another outgoing deal. So if this was a part of you would think it would be quick a bigger move. Um, it's going to be with guys that are on the Nuggets roster right now before this trade, right? Yeah. They would have to go in, stop that trade from being finalized, and rope a fifth team into the deal and, and make it work from there. So that's obviously highly unlikely. Yeah. So yes. So, so you feel like here. it'd be two separate deals. Two this separate trade deals. gets done, and then you go back to New Orleans and say, okay, we have our first round pick. We have. Gary Harris. Whoever else we talked about being in the joke. Gary Harris, Monte Morris, and... Plumley. Plumley. Yeah. And, and, the, other, and the, the two first. One of Denver's, and then this one yeah. they acquired. Right, and, and we, don't, we don't know which year that first rounder is, right? No, the, I think it's 2020. One? Yeah, it's 2020. I think it's this, this year. Is it this year? So that's draft. tough, because that's not a great draft. It's not a great pick. Yeah, and but my, New Orleans could be saying, all right, we just want a first round pick. Right, know, sure, sure. This year. I guess my mind was just thinking, like... A 2022-2023 Houston first-rounder has sneaky value, right, if they were sure. to blow. If you're going to keep it, yeah, yeah. or if you're going to trade it. No, it just it totally, to me, just seems like a, a precursor <laughs> to a deal because none of it makes sense to go with five bigs and five point or four-point guards. So but, I have to think Denver's going to go. But I think you brought up the right, like, 
so yes, there's a plan, but yeah, it's not guaranteed, right? Right. Otherwise, it would have happened. <laughs> Otherwise, all it would have happened succession. already. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll see what happens with that. I, it's really, really intriguing. I will say, I don't know that this is great value for Malik Beasley and Wancheron and Gomez, based on whatever their top value was. Malik Beasley had a hell of a year last year because so many guys got injured, and I have to think that the summer was probably he probably commanded a little bit more. The fact that he came into the season and did not play or played very, very little, um, you know, I, I think that had to have tanked his trade value a little bit. I'm a little surprised by this return for two guys, Juan Jordan Gomez, Malik Beasley, who I both I thought both guys were good NBA players in a rotation. Uh, yes, I think that what Denver sent out, Beasley, Wancho, and Jared Vanderbilt, is much better than what they got back. Napier, Vonley, Bates, Diop, and a Houston first-round pick. Right. Um, yeah. The, um, the the other thing is that Denver dealt in division. Oh, yeah, another one. So, again, now you're talking about and, it. Yeah, we were so you, you built about Utah's team. Game, man. You sent Nurkic to, to Portland, and now you have... Beasley and Wancho in Minnesota. I was talking about this before the game with you guys, but Beasley on Minnesota is terrifying. Yeah. A team that shoots a ton of threes. He's going to be shooting 10 threes a game and in Minnesota. They, what are they? Is it uh, It's Wiggins at the two? And are they doing Jared Colfer at the one? They're doing something weird in Minnesota Yeah, right well, now. they moved on from T, so they've been running like Culver, Wiggins, so do Covington. You, does Malik start? Or they, do they move Wiggins oh, to I'm three? I'm sure Malik starts start Malik because Minnesota wants to keep Malik after this Yeah. Game. As they want his, you know, yeah. You wouldn't rights, trade. So. You wouldn't trade for Malik Beasley. I mean, he's yeah. the best player they received in this in all of their dealing. So, I, I got to think he's going to be starting too. How about let's go to the experience of this, guys? Because we were in the locker room as this deal was unfolding. We got we we saw the Woj bomb before Wancho did and before Beasley did. And how do I know that? Because both guys left the locker room and then came back three minutes later, and it was kind of an emotional moment. Um, Will Barton was giving his press conference when the news dropped, and he referenced something about if some player gets traded, and then somebody told him, yeah, they just got traded. Um, we saw it in real time of, yeah. of players finding out, this is how this stuff works. And it's not – I think a lot of people are going to be, that's cruel of an organization or whatever. It's kind of how this stuff happens. I think those guys were prepped. Based on some of the things people said in the locker room today before the news broke, I got the sense that everybody knew. Jokic was asked about if he'd be sad if Wancho left, and he almost talked about him as if it, like it was about to he happen. Answer ready, yeah. yeah, he kind of knew, um, but nonetheless, it did happen where they didn't know it happened right at that moment, and then it did. Yeah, so as the doors opened to the media, and we walked into locker room, Wancho took a little was bit longer phone. for the doors to open. But that is true. But Malone also came out very quickly, which could have also okay. been because I love there was conspiracy. a conspiracy. He was trying to get in front of the news too, yeah. you know, get out. Oh, of there. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he was trying to, feel... to conduct his press conference before the. You know news what? Broke. I'll bet you're right. Yeah, I'll yeah. bet you're right. Yeah. I'll bet somebody told him like, "Hey, you got to go quick here." Yeah. So we walk into <laughs> locker room. <laughs> we walk into locker room. Wancho's on his phone. And um, Malik, you know, a couple minutes later was talking to Tori, talking to Vanda, who ended up being in the deal as well, about just trade chatter. So I have to believe they knew something was very close or something had already happened. Maybe they didn't quite know where they were going at that time. And so those guys are kind of leaving the locker room right as these trades are breaking, right as the news is coming in. And then, like you said, Will Barton's doing his press conference, Will Barton's always the last one in the locker room. He's the last one to go usually. And Malik Beasley walks back in. Wancho walks back in. They're trying to say their goodbyes. 
and Barton finishes his press conference, probably him and Malik Beasley hugged for a good minute Well, we didn't see how straight. long because we left before they yeah, were done hugging. A good minute straight before we left. We cleared the room, yeah. Wancho comes back in the locker room asking if Nikola Jokic is still there so we can say his goodbyes. Um, it, it was surreal. It was emotional. Malik Beasley's mom was in the locker room. Yeah. Saying goodbye to everybody. She also said he's going to drop 50 on you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Too. It was so cool. I too. I was yeah. so for it. Just the, the scene and the image of them coming back in and trying to say their goodbye. Saying goodbye to PR staffers, trainers, strength and conditioning guys, and uh, Will Barton. That was unreal. Yeah. I The first Woj, the deal is done tweet came in while I was doing the Jeremy Grant scrum. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of ex- first. Obviously, my first deadline. I was like, "What do we talk about this?" It's just a weird <laughs> in, moment, um, and and you want to be sensitive. You want to be sensitive to to everyone's feelings. But as you mentioned at the top, and I'm like, this is also just how it goes, right? Yeah, uh, a day in the life. <laughs> a day in the life, indeed. Yeah, it was a weird one. It was really interesting to see. I think, you know. A lot of people have hit me up saying, well, what's what Jokic going to think of this for Wancho? He did say, again, kind of referencing he knew it was coming, he said, I think it'll be, it can be a really good thing for him, meaning it's an opportunity for him to get more. I think, like, I, I do think at the end of the day, people understood there's a lot of good players on this team. The Nuggets did a great job of building a lot of good players, too many, and somebody had to go. So, like Will Barton, and Barton even compared it to his time in Portland. Sometimes you're just in the wrong spot, and now now they get an opportunity to shine. The Nuggets also did something in this deal that they always say they try to do, and that's to do right by their guys. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with what Jokic was saying. Maybe this is going to be good for Wancho in the long term. It's probably going to get some more minutes, probably going to get some more playing time here in Minnesota. Like, Minnesota is going to need those guys to play. They're going to get a lot of minutes, and uh, it, it's a chance for – both those guys, Malik and Wancho, to have a really good couple closing months of the season and make more money this summer. And that was the prevailing narrative on the timeline tonight, I thought, with Nuggets fans. This is sad, but they're happy for Malik and Wancho because both of those guys, um, you know, have road in front of them. They need to get running now, get their feet in front of them and and see what what their career will look like in, in places where they have opportunity to play. So bittersweet. Can I say I'm really stoked we got a little flicker of Wancho right at the end? Hey, what a swan song. Honestly, right? for both of them. This yeah. was a great swan song for those guys to go out there so shorthanded <laughs> and not just get a win. We're going to talk about it in a second, but a butt-kicking win. I mean, this offense tonight hummed. They scored 37, 27, 36, and 27 in the four, each quarter. That just was, they never, it never slowed down. It just kept – it just kept like – they were on fire the whole time. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. Let's take a break. When we come back, though, I want to talk about how we grade this deal, if it's the deal, and that's <laughs> it, and what Denver's chances are down the road. I want to grade the deal, if it is for Drew Holiday, as we suspect maybe that's, that's part of what Denver's doing. There's also the Bradley Beal portion of this. Maybe Denver rides it out with this group, but these are players that – or pieces, the pick, is, I guess, is the only real piece – and Keita Bates the op. But those players that you can send for a Bradley Beal trade. We'll talk about that after we talk about Breck Brew. Because guess what? Today was an awesome day. You guys, you suckers didn't get to get didn't get to go. I've already been. Well you already been today I got to my day was a fantastic day. I put this on Twitter. I got to talk about sports movies. <laughs> I got to go to the Breck Brewery, a tour it, get a bunch of gear and eat some delicious food. 
highly recommend the wings there. They do like, they have a crazy, they smoke the wings. Ooh. They're like a very smoky, delicious, oh, it's great. House-made dressing, everything was so fantastic. And then, of course, they had all kinds of new beers that I'd never even heard of. Ooh. Velvet. Oh, man, I'm going to screw this one up. Golden Velvet or something like that. Oh, interesting. Oh, very, very good. So, great day. Did they have any Avalanche Ambers there? Of course they had that. <laughs> it's like the flagship. They had, is that the beer for today? <laughs> That's the beer so, for I'm sorry, today. The beer for today, I'm calling it audible. The beer for today <laughs> is the velvet, the golden velvet. Yeah. Jokic was like a golden velvet player tonight. <laughs> no, the, the Brett compound is awesome, though. That, that place is massive. Multiple bars. You get to see how the... It's like a campus. Yeah. It is impressive. I like it was cool. campus better than compound. Yeah, compound seems <laughs> a little cultish. Like they have guns and balls. It kind of feels like that, I guess, a little bit. Giant farm. DNVR, we are family. Come on down to the compound. <laughs> We're just going to meet down at the Breck Brew compound. Uh, you know, the chill cold. <laughs> I had another beer, too, today. I had a, it was like a nitro, Irish nitro, but it had like a fruity flavor to it. it was, I've never had a wow. fruit nitro. Was, Stay tuned from Breck Brew. Stay tuned. Stay. Just go down there. Everybody, honestly, you can take a tour. It's like a thing you could do if you're yeah. bored you can sign up to go for a tour just like you would for Coors or any of these other ones and it's uh you get a tasting highly recommend highly recommend had a great day are we still in read mode yeah we're, oh, okay. we're still in read sorry, mode sorry. no you got something to say yeah it's not read related the read is really just talk about breakfast yeah. for a good minute well, I'm going into another no, you got another right no I don't want yeah. to bother you no you um, always do such a good job with those yeah if you guys haven't heard we're now covering Colorado's professional rugby team Colorado Col- has a professional rugby team they do they're called the Raptors it's called the, the Raptors. Colorado Raptors not the Toronto Raptors, the Colorado Raptors. Oh. Reporter Colton Strickler is taking you inside the locker room with DNVR Raptors, a DNVR Raptors podcast, and of course, a full-fledged coverage of the team. You can find his written Raptors content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. Of course, you can also join this amazing team community on the DNVR Raptors Twitter account to get a daily look at what Colorado rugby is all about. These guys have an opportunity this year to be actually really good, so we're excited to take you on the journey. If you didn't know, the Raptors play at Infinity Park in Glendale, just east of Cherry Creek. So make sure to check out our coverage. Get out there for a game. Kids tickets are just five bucks. Brendan, just five bucks for you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'll shave. <laughs> and uh, search for DNVR, the Raptors podcast right after a show. And give Colorado rugby a shot. I also have been lifting after his games. That's a good all right, so guys, let's grade this deal. If it's just as is, which none of us seem to think it is. Can I can I cut you off really quick? Mm-hmm. Woj just tweeted that oh, the shit. Rockets um, have until the deadline, a brief window until the deadline to expand this 14 trade to include up to $12 million in salary. You know how sometimes Woj tweets around what he knows, whatever piece of it? One possible read on that, it sounds like they're not going to finalize this and Houston's going to try to Correct. find a fifth team. Yeah. I don't know how that pro- – I'm just pointing uh, It's out. interesting that he said that, though, for the Rockets and not for Denver. Yeah, I, I found that interesting, too. So hmm. if if this is the deal and it is done for Denver, what grade would you give the Denver Nuggets? Um, C minus. I'll go low. It feels I'll, generous. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's where I was – but it's, that feels like a Gary Harris C minus in the player grades because his defense was good. It's like a little, <laughs> yeah, little generous. Yeah. It was a D plus. He was one for nine. He was actually you know, really <laughs> shut down. Yeah. You know? um, the Nuggets lost a ton of shooting. If this deal is what it is, you trade your one of your Beasley. best shooters I mean, yeah. on your roster, Beasley, 
Um, Probably Beasley's I mean, won I think, like four games for I the Nuggets this year. Two fringe NBA players and the most like average rotation forward. Yeah. In Vonley. I mean, Napier is like a middle to lower tier backup point guard, I think. Uh, Vonley is like a fourth big. He's playing something like 12 minutes a game this year. Bates Diop might not be an NBA player. They got the first round pick, which is is something. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go C minus, D plus. Man, you, uh, what? D plus? Yeah. yeah I'm going to go D minus. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's not necessarily what was you could have gotten for value for Beasley and Wancho now. But that draft happened in 2016 when those guys came in. You develop them. They had some peaks. Then they had some – then the, you didn't get them on the peak. It's just like, like anything else, a stock, whatever it is. You had an opportunity to move it for value. And if that was the value you got, not only does the team not necessarily make sense – um, it just wasn't good value even in a vacuum. Yeah, it, it's hard to grade because like this, we this just cannot be the, the well, final. Well, we're grading right now. That's why we're sure, doing the three scenarios. So in that in, in that this scenario, this is um, we have to make a trade. We just have to just okay. make one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's why it feels like a D to me. Um, if the deal is, and let's just throw this out. If the deal is Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Mason Plumley. And two first-round draft picks, mm-hmm. the one they acquired and their own in, say, 2022, whenever the next one they can trade is. Um, how would you grade that deal for Drew Holiday? And I think if somebody put it out there that the way it would work was if it was, like, each one more as well. Nice, Some shooting. Nice piece. Yeah. B. Because I don't think Holiday is a slam-dunk piece, but... You also consolidated, right? Yeah. You turned, I think, Gary into the best version of himself, right? A defensive-minded two-guard um, with obviously more upside offensively. Uh, so you're, some of your role players get a little bit worse, but, like, your third best guy is way better now. Yeah, so, I'd say yeah. maybe A- minus because okay. if you think about your top seven, if that deal goes through, Murray, Holiday, Barton, Grant, Jokic, Millsap, and P.J., it's a hell yeah, of a, it's hell, a, really a hell of a top seven. That's a good point. Wayne. Now you you can talk about your flexibility going forward. Is that really your team? Is it Murray Holiday Jokic? Is that your big three for you know, the next this season and next season? Uh, you, you can talk about that, but MPJ too. I yeah, mean, you have a big four. Yes, yeah. you're looking at Jamal Murray as your four. If player. your goal is to acquire <laughs> Holiday, he was great tonight, man. He was really good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking him. That's an MPJ yeah. love. Is is Gary Harris, Monte Morrison, too first enough for Holiday? Yeah, that's the other thing. Maybe Bull Bull. I mean, Denver doesn't have anything yeah. else to give up, so it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, I, if that's the if that's the case, I think I would probably give it a B plus. I, and I and I and this is what I would say: it might work out. It honestly might work out. That is a hell of a team. Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday. I would say Michael Porter Jr. Jeremy Grant, Jokic. And then you have uh, Barton off of the bench. That's a really that's a really good you got a team. stud point of attack defender, perimeter defender. You got length. You got right length behind yeah. him. Yeah, that that Murray Jokic combo. Yeah, and you have basically this year and next year to try to make something really special out of it. And I, I to me that's a you know that's a it's a B plus, And I could be wrong on it. I could look back in a year and be like, how dumb am I? That was an awesome trade. And Nuggets are incredible. I mean, I'm I'm hesitant to go up into the A's because of. The timeline thing financially, and then also, yeah, like, that's an expensive. Are, team. are we sure? You know, and we're not sure. So this is a, 
um, rhetorical, but like, are we sure Drew Holiday is a slam dunk offensive fit with the Denver Nuggets? No, no, no I right. actually have a lot of concerns sure. and, about and that. I know I think a lot of people agree. So that's just sort of like my hesit. It feels like one where you want to go, okay, they got a good player, so let me give it an A. But but how does Drew Holiday fit? You know? I think defensively, if this deal goes through. You're giving up Gary Harris, but Drew Holiday, I think, is a much better defender, a much more versatile defender, especially in the playoffs, than Gary Harris is. So I think defensively, Agreed. you get better because you add him and you also shed Beasley and Wancho, two guys who were not great defensively. And the, the thing I would be a little worried about is the shooting. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you're going to need Drew Holiday maybe to make shots. Each one like more is the deal. Maybe you get a shooter in the buyout market, but uh, the shooting would be a little bit of a concern. But the, the, the obvious counterpoint, and we don't know how these things look, but the obvious counterpoint is you know, has Drew Holiday ever been in a situation where he's getting cleaner looks, right, than, than yeah. in Denver? And, and it would be a lower usage role, right? Less on ball, but hey, can you knock down those spot ups, right? I also think you'd have a lot of – you'd have a really great defensive lineup. I mean, you could throw Murray out there – Murray and Jokic out there and surround them with Drew, Torrey Craig, and Paul Millsap. Yeah. And you'd have three elite defenders on the court around them. So um, you could even get more defensive and have Grant out there alongside Millsap. And, you know, like there's certain things you could do, P.J. Dozier, whatever. So Denver could have some real, real defensive chops. I would say B+. Plus. The only reason is – you know, I don't. I wouldn't look at that team and say, "Oh yeah, they're beating the Lakers. They're beating the Clippers." They'd have their hat in the ring. They'd be better off now than they were prior. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they would still be underdogs, and that's just a tough pill to swallow. If they were to play it out with this group, and then over the summer use that first round pick and one of their own to try to acquire Bradley Beal, is that a deal that for you? How would you grade that trade? Just let's just say it's, it's similar pieces. You know, maybe a Monte and a Gary two firsts. That's the meat of a trade for Bradley Beal. So it's Bradley Beal and Jamal Murray is still in Denver. Correct. That's I'm much more comfortable slapping an A on that. I guess for that deal, you might have to be Jamal Murray and the first as well. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you can get that deal. Mm. I think Beal's a cut above. I like Drew Holiday, but like if you add Bradley Beal to Jokic and some sort of a realized MPJ, you're cooking with a top five offense. Yeah, I would rather have Beal than Holiday. I do think it's close though. You'd rather have Beal. What about you? Easily Beal for me. Really? Yeah. That's interesting to me. That's me leaning into the offense. offense it's also it's just more fun. Like, there is this idea of Denver being a grind-out team with Drew Holiday where the offense isn't that great. Jokic doesn't get to do that much. Jokic gets reduced down to, like, a 22-10-5 and five player because there's just not as many assists to go around. I just re- refuse to believe you can't build the single best offense in the league around Jokic. Oh, so that, yeah, like, you should not be able to, right? So. And, and, and that, that's probably not the path to getting the most out of him. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, ch- a path to getting both, and your team has Drew and Beal. <laughs> this, is a, this is a two-year-long con to well, get both. It's over the summer. Just, you just finalize yeah. it over the summer. I mean, who knows? I, I definitely, if, if this is the deal and that's what it is, and then Tim Conley is in this very building on Thursday night talking about <laughs> how they took some big swings but didn't get it, I think it would be an absolute disaster, almost on par with the Tyler Lydon night, which to me was a, oh, it was a trajectory. Tra- if Denver nails that I, draft, I, they probably are in such a good spot it can't be screwed up. Yeah, I think this might even be worse, to be honest. Mm. But, but proverbial weapon to your head, I mean, it, it's not it, right? There's at least a plan. There's at least a – whether they get to do it or not, there's a plan for follow-up moves. 
There's got to be. The Nuggets right now have to have a plan in place for Holiday. They've also got to have a backup plan in place oh, right. for what to do if somehow a Holiday deal, even if they think that's 99% of the way there, they have to have another deal ready. Maybe like an Aaron and, Gordon or something. You and know, that's like why the, the Tyler Lydon thing is like poignant right now. What do we know about not having yeah. backup plans? Yeah, it was a panic moment. Yeah. Maybe Aaron Gordon. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what other players are left out there to be. Zach Levine. You know, I don't, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. There's, <sighs> there's some things to that be. This like, is a lot of maneuvering for Zach Levine. That seems like, that <laughs> that seems like a, a lot of maneuvering. That is a lot of maneuvering That's for That's the Zach dark Levine. timeline for sure. Uh, you know, maybe it is for Ben Simmons. Okay, never mind. <laughs> definitely not. Man, this is this is a crazy night because watching this game and watching what Wancho drop and Malik were given Denver, I was going to come on this podcast and say <laughs> Denver should not trade any of these guys. <laughs> Let's run it back for the playoffs. Reassess after the playoffs based on what happens. Do something over the summer. There was a cool vibe to this game, man. There just was. And, and Jokic, I mean, we're going to talk about him next, but he has just been like the MVP of the league over the last month. And I just wonder, I don't, look, I, do, I think he's, I think sometimes we treat him like he's a baby. Like, oh, no, what's a puppy going to do with mom? You know, well, whatever. He brings some of that on himself. Well, some of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think he knew, and like, in a lot of ways, maybe it was time to move on. Like, I, I get all of that. But if they don't get pieces that fit with him, and he just becomes grouchy, and he's playing with six Tory Craigs, like it's well, he it, might have to play with Keita Bates Diop. That's what I'm saying. If this is the team, and <laughs> no, he's Vaughn, if he's out there and he's going like for at least the game, maybe Wancho, I love playing with Beasley. I love playing with. Now I got these guys that can't hit shots. They don't know my. They, we don't. We're not on the same page. Like, there's a chance we get we. Jokic is just playing so well right now, so well. That I would hate for it to not continue. I just pictured it continuing all the rest of the year. Kata keeps calling him the prankster. He's getting the Joker wrong. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I turned to you guys in that fourth quarter and I said, the Denver Nuggets are fun again. Oh, my goodness. Right? That Milwaukee oh. game, the Utah win. I felt like last year. Uh, and yeah. ironically, or not ironically enough, but they were all, they've also been down a lot of key guys, too. Like, they were last year. Uh, yeah, that's... Guys, there might be something to this, though, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, Wancho and Beasley played tonight. I wish they would have played all for the last two years because I loved them next to Jokic. They played tonight, and they ran a very good team with a very hot player completely the F off of the court. I tweeted this out in uh, the third quarter, I believe. I've been waiting three years to see Jokic and Wancho play at the 4-5 together. Yeah, I know. Three years. We got it once. And there's the finale. <laughs> we got it like a couple times when they were both rookies. Two and a half years went by. We didn't get it again. We would get like a minute here and there when yeah. it was like over the last little bit, but it was never a run. Thinking what you guys were saying about the timeline for the players with this news, Wancho sure was playing like a guy who, who might not get to do that again tonight. You know, I don't yeah. know if he knew or not, but yeah. he was all loaded. He had a lot played. of energy. He played with joy. He really did. He played free. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Wancho memory? Hmm. Wow. It's probably Golden State block. The Golden State block. Block, not, not the I'll game. I'll say the Golden State game. Yeah, the first one. The, the Yeah, the first one. The first one remains. When they won, won when uh, Johnny O'Brien got <laughs> Johnny 10 O'Brien. minutes. I think um, <laughs> this that Milwaukee game the other day, I think, was maybe the best regular season win of the Jokic era. I agree But that, that first Warriors one was the most fun I think I've had from start to finish. That was <laughs> yeah. pure adrenaline. And to me, I know this isn't – there's a little bit of a fallacy here, but – 
to me, that was the best the ball has ever popped. <laughs> it never popped better than that. That was the, that was an offense that just looked like a, a juggernaut. Yeah, and it was so much fun, and Wancho was such a huge part of it. Twenty-seven points. I retweeted it already um, today. What's your favorite Malik Beasley moment? The the, the Rockets game, maybe. Yeah, I was just gonna say. That. Yeah, thirty-five point. The thirty-five point Rocket game. I think career high. That's probably the one. Yeah, right? it'd be weird if it wasn't. <sighs> yeah, just I'm thinking mo- there was his moments. Maybe don't stand out as as much as Wancho's, but there were a heck of a lot more of them. There just was a lot of like. Beasley, oh, Beasley, when he would get open when the Nuggets were on a run, it even happened tonight. Beasley hit back-to-back threes at a point tonight where it was just like, you want to stand up because it's just yeah. you feel invincible. The Nuggets, the Nuggets, when they were laying it on Portland tonight and you'd kick it out to Beasley and he's wide open, you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's why I'm a little worried about the shooting. Very, very worried. worried about the shooting. You always love when your team has the guy that you know is going to make it before he even touches yeah. the ball, and you're like, oh, there it is. And that was Beasley. For the Nuggets, that was Malik Beasley. And even the brightest timeline of this trade doesn't bring a shooter back, I guess unless more comes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but to your point, Malik was less of a moment guy because Malik was just out there. I mean, part of what facilitated Wancho being a moment player was that we could we had to take him when we could get him, right? And, yeah. and it was representative of feel-good moments. Malik's just a guy who should start for an NBA team somewhere. Yeah. You know? Another Wancho memory, the shimmy. The shimmy, of course, yeah. <laughs> that, man, I really wish they – because of the shimmy makes me wish they had won the series more than, oh, anything, yeah. more than anything. Oh, yeah. The shimmy was like the peak of like Nuggets happiness. Yeah. That was just yeah. like, oh, my God, I thought we were doing it. I thought yeah. we were going to the Western Conference Finals yeah. in the first playoff appearance. Um, Malik, Malik and Wancho, I had gotten the sense we, – we had all gotten the sense that Malik – Wanted more playing time. He's wanted more playing time for the last couple of years. Yeah. And we kind of felt that he was definitely on his way out of here. Wancho, too. I, I feel like, you know, talking to Wancho a lot this year, this is his fourth year here. Every year he's kind of been in and out. Never really got firm footing on a rotation spot. And, and this year you could kind of feel for him because he was healthy. Yeah. You know, not really injured. There was a small forward competition that I don't really know if he got a fair shake in. <laughs> was he in it? <laughs> was that even a competition? He was not a Malone guy. And this is one of the stories of both Malik and Wancho here is I feel like both of those guys are very much Tim Conley guys. Mm-hmm. I felt like neither of them are a Michael Malone guy. And that's not a critique of either of those, either Malone or, or Conley. I think there's an alternative universe where another coach took over this team, maybe Steve Kerr, maybe uh, Mike D'Antoni. And both of those guys are a huge part of it. Maybe someone like Tory Craig is not. But this is the way the cards fell, and it, it just, I think, was never going to work out. In hindsight, it was never going to work out that these shooters that can't play any defense were going to be Malone guys. Uh, on that point, though, Wancho, i, I got to say he's probably the best teammate I've ever covered. In, in, in a certain sense, right? I and mean, we don't get to see all this, but he certainly was like a very – he was always cheering – Always standing up. Always, I mean, he he brought the energy every night. Yeah. And he never played. Yeah. Here's a, the final thing I've got. How do we look at Wancho and Malik? Uh, two first-round picks. Wancho was the 15th overall pick. Malik was the 19th overall pick. Yeah. How do we look at those guys compared to their draft positions? Because, really, the story, in a sense, of both those guys is four years in Denver is that Nuggets have been so deep. Yeah, they you know Tim Conley's drafted so well and acquired so many guys, whether it be Tory Craig or um, 
just just other guys that he's brought in who have been ready to take on minutes. Really, the story of those guys' two careers in Denver is that they just never were able to carve out consistent minutes amidst a really deep roster. But the fact of the matter is they were both first-round picks. Malik was the 15th overall pick. Yeah, but if I think if you go back and look at that, they were probably two of the top 12 players. I mean, from that draft, they yeah. the top 15. So getting... Two players that hung around the NBA for four years is but actually pretty good. But I guess should good. they have ascended to a larger level than, than they did? No, no, that's what I'm saying. If you go back and look at the 15th and 19th picks over the last several years, you're going to find a lot of duds because a lot of guys that didn't even last four years. Yeah. I also think the biggest barrier between Malik and, and that ascension is guys on the depth chart, right? I mean, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, obviously, so we still don't know. Jury's out that Malik isn't closer to that 35-point guy, you know, game guy in, against Houston than, yeah. than what we saw. Yeah. yeah. Well, wish them both good luck. Maybe hit us up uh, in the comment section on DNVR, maybe on Twitter. Let us know what your favorite moment was with Wancher and Gomez, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. We didn't even mention, but Jared, we barely Just knew remember you. that pass? I do remember that bounce <laughs> yeah, pass. That was tight. That I, rebound? I remember his rebounding in Summer League even. We um, hardly knew we you. We hardly knew you. Good luck to everybody. Crazy that the Nuggets don't have Vanderbilt anymore. I wasn't expecting him to be. I was moved on deals. from him. I think they were. I wasn't. Well, let's take a break. <laughs> on the other side, we're going to wrap up in reverse order here, now talking about a game that was actually super great and very tons and tons of notes from it. Plus, I have one more trade take. Oh, do you want to give it before we go? Yeah, yeah go sure. for it. Go for it. So we haven't talked about this yet. As is, trade as is, biggest W is the Nuggets got Clint Capella out of the Western Conference. More specifically, oh, yeah, this off, is good. More right. specifically off of the Houston Rockets. And I think specifically if you're Denver, you look at Rocco for Clint and you say, I feel better about Houston in seven games. And Clint Capella gave <laughs> Definitely. you Jokic is going to murder. I can't imagine because the, the plan, it sounds like for Houston, is that they're just going to play small. No bigs. Just, they got Jordan Bell to be kind of a backup. Jokic murders guys like that. I, I think he would eat alive, eat them alive in that series. Yeah, Houston's a much easier matchup now. Pe- Robert Covington is a nice piece. People kind of talk about him like he's Scottie Pippen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I agree. Houston's an easier matchup now. Hmm. And <laughs> reading the tea leaves on the Rockets, it's like, all right, if this doesn't work, this playoff run, and I don't know, I, I have a very hard time envisioning this working. Ruby Madness, uh, it's, it's going to get absolutely blown up in Houston. They're almost like a science experiment that's failing, and it's like the last little bit. Like, well, hope this all right, thing let's works. Just do it. Antonio's like, screw it. Gordon's the backup center. Yeah. Hit the hit the engine full speed. We'll play six small guys. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Bojo's again. Bojo's let's get doing again. I'm so hungry. I'm <laughs> starving. I'm going to eat tonight. It's going to be a long night, too. I know, and i got to hold this work. Oh, my God. Um, the home of the Colorado Mountain Pie right now at Bojo's, they are giving the DNVR fam a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. So that's all you got to do. Go to one of Bojo's Denver locations, or they're all over Colorado, so go to one of their other locations, order an entree, get a free honey cheese bread. Honey is like the staple of Bojo's. I always associate honey with Bojo's. Dip your crust in honey. Get the free honey cheese bread. Bojo's.com. They also offer gluten-free and plant-based options. Hit them up if you got a private party that you want to host there. Uh, they can hook you up there as well as birthday parties, large business events. Bojo's.com. B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com. You know what I'm looking forward to? Tomorrow night's game against Utah Jazz with the Nuggets. Jeremy Grant rolled an ankle. Tonight may or may not play. Jamal Murray said may or may not play because 
the back-to-back, he's just coming back. He said his ankle hurt like hell, yeah. which I don't know how much to believe, but whatever. Denver might roll in tomorrow to Utah with, like, seven guys. Let, let's go through it. Let's go through it right Jokic now. Jokic is, is definitely in. Barton definitely in. Or or I shouldn't say definitely in. They definitely can be in if they yeah. want to be in. Jokic, Barton. Harris. Gary Harris. Maybe they postpone this through holiday game. Trade until, just for until, that. But then you don't want to risk oh, an injury. God, Jesus. <laughs> So then Monte Morris is definitely in. That's Monte four. Morris. Please beat the trade if it's on the table. Uh, um, Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig is five. P.J. Dozier. P.J. Dozier is six. Flatgo Chanchar. Seven. You can't even say Jared Vanderbilt half-heartedly. <laughs> you can't even <laughs> So like... there are seven guys for sure, and then maybe Murray, maybe Grant, may, maybe Michael Porter. So you who, might who have, would you you have most... anywhere from ten guys to seven guys, and then – we agree that if you only have seven guys, what's the point of rolling Jokic out there this futile effort? You'd almost want to like just rest him as well. Oh. Because Jokic seems to win those games. Oh, <laughs> I, know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. If Murray didn't play and Porter doesn't play and you're forced to just like start Chanchar <laughs> and have Chanchar play backup center. <laughs> Flip side, if you went into Utah and got a, another win against you the have to fold Utah. Utah has to fold. They have yeah. to so, somebody from uh, the East Coast is going to be tuning into this Nuggets game tomorrow and being like, they pulled this trade off, and this is their team. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are going to text me. Like, uh, what is Denver doing? Well, tonight, guys, th- this game was a big one. Portland came in here on fire, especially Damian Lillard, who over his last six was averaging 49 points per game. Almost 50. Averaging 41.5 over his last 10. That's almost not impressive when you know it's 49 over 6 because then it sounds like it's probably like 20 over the first four there. <laughs> but nonetheless, he was on fire. He was absolutely dominant. He was carrying and willing this team to victory night after night after night. And he was erased, as he was erased more or less in the playoffs last year. So tonight, Damian Leonard goes 8 for 23, shoots 35%. He was a minus 23. He had 21 points and 9 assists, so kind of got some stats. But he just was a non-fat. I never... There was not a moment where I was out there going like, oh, wow, Lillard has control of this game. Or even down like, oh, he's about to make a run. I never felt like that. Denver, in addition to having good options and Craig and Gary Harris, they do a good job of like committing to their at-the-level, get-the-ball-out-of-Dame's-hand things. Like they, they do kind of, hey, let's make someone else beat us. Right. And I do think some teams kind of get away from that sometimes. Denver really, really commits to it. And um, it almost seems like Dame's approach against Denver is different, doesn't it? It's, it's like a little deferential sometimes. Differential. Yeah. So, um, you know, he could just as easily have come in here and, and hung 30, I suppose. Should we say that, though? But that's, that's the question. At a certain question. point, yeah. we have to just say that Denver is very good at guarding Dame. Right. And Gary Harris in particular just knows how to guard him. Um, Torrey Craig had some moments yeah. on him as well. But Gary Harris in the playoffs in the first three games this year has really done a nice job. And Den- Denver's put together some incredible game plans like just this season on Harden. Oh yeah. no! I think of the year. I've said this a lot. I on think Michael Lillard? Malone is a very yeah. good sort of team schemer. I think and there's West Unsell too. I mean, I and West Unsell, sure. Yeah. When I would say Malone, the whole coaches. Sure, sure. We say Tim Connolly. We mean his whole staff. Sure, sure. Um, Malone and his staff. I've said this before that sometimes I wonder if the office is too over orchestrated, and it makes Malone a very good, I think, playoff coach. But some nights you just need to be like, you know, we're feeling it. Just it doesn't make sense. Just watch us feeling it. Just let him go. Yeah. Um, but I do think he comes up with some great game plans. And tonight, Lillard just terrible. And yeah, when he... CJ McCollum's not Michael Jordan's like <laughs> reincarnation, it turns right. out you can win. And CJ McCollum's just almost getting a, a or getting a flagrant one foul on Tory Craig because he's so frustrated with. 
how Craig's been walking him Man, up in the first half. You, if you're Craig, like obviously you hate that because it hurts, but there's probably a small. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you know what, you yeah, got yeah, to him. You know right. you got to him at that's that point. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. CJ McCollum. They actually, you want to know something in Portland tonight? Did not handle getting their butts kicked very well because there was also the mellow sort of tackling. That CJ yeah. McCollum play was really weird. Nothing happened. Tory Craig, what did he do? He just guarded him. Nothing <laughs> Tory Craig contests a shot, yeah. uh, a CJ McCollum shot at the. He blocks his shot, spikes it down, and like it was just an, a I, humiliating block. And then a few plays later, he blocks his three pointer, and CJ McCollum comes and tackles him. And he has this effect on Westbrook too. I wonder if part of it is this like, if you're a guy of CJ or Westbrook's caliber, you look at a guy like Tory Craig and you're like, all right. I'm about to cook. And then, it turns the out, nicest dude. and then it turns out, like, no, this guy is a sh- is like my shadow, you know? And do you remember his rookie year when people – there were people trying to go at him because it's like, dude, this dude just got called up from the – he's on yeah. a two-way. This dude's not shutting me down. And he's. I think he's earned the reputation of, like, yo, this dude <laughs> – this dude guards. No, Denver's game plan was so good tonight. They put two up at the ball, forced the ball into Lord's, Lord's hands, and make Trevor Ariza, who I don't know when the last time Trevor Ariza hit a three was – uh, make him shoot. Yeah, he Gary did Trent. Uh, <laughs> Gary Trent, yeah. Who played right. like 40 minutes tonight, it seems. Why is the game plan difficult against Portland? What's, why are people struggling with Portland? They have two guys. Yeah, I saw on Whiteside, who's got to well, be the most overrated player in the league. Well, White, so I think Whiteside is actually the key, right? Because I agree with you. But there are certain teams that just can't take advantage of that. And tonight, Jokic, I guess we can move on to him. Jokic has been in his bag. This was one of those games where I felt like Jokic was having a blast torturing right. Portland tonight. There, he had one play that's now number two in my power rankings of plays <laughs> I wish had actually happened. Number one is LeBron dunking on Draymond in the finals. After oh, LeBron. yeah, that was, yeah. Number two is when Yoke tried three fakes and Whiteside didn't flip today. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, screw it, and just reached oh, behind him and oh tried to God. flip the ball. It was like <laughs> a glitch. It, it was such a hilarious, like, <laughs> flat-footed, awkward... And he still scored it, it just wasn't a clean Two score. offensive rebounds later, but yeah. that would have been my favorite Yoke play yet. The I think that, I'm with you, it would have yeah. been so funny. <laughs> the play that set the tone for the night, and why I agree with you, we knew Jokic was having fun, he had that playground up and under on Whiteside in the first couple minutes of, game, of, of the game, and the crowd starts laughing. Yeah, oh, it was simultaneously awesome and hilarious. And I was trying to think time. of, like, what you could a play. player do that would elicit... A collective laugh from the crowd. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before, but it did set the table for what was to come. Oh, God. Imagine not liking this dude. <laughs> also, imagine thinking this dude's not incredible. <laughs> it blows my mind people had, but they're still with them out there. The people have this bias that Jokic isn't totally and completely dominant. Because he is. When it's you're more- in person, you have to just just commit yourself to watching the faces of opposing centers. <laughs> We were just watching this dude, and you guys know what oh, I mean Whiteside by this had dude. That. Whiteside had the look of like I don't want to be out here. When I, the game was out of out of hand, like in the second half, there was the look of like this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, same with whoever who's the backup. Swanigan was that who? Was the Caleb Swanigan, Swan- first he, team all thighs. That's some meat, oh, yeah, boy. Swanigan's been roiding since like eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Slanderous of you to say. Will Barton only played twenty four minutes tonight, and he needed it, man. Will Barton. Mm. Will Barton's running out. I worry about Will Barton. I worry about Jokic, too. Malone referenced that after the game today that, you know, all these guys have been out. Jokic just had to up the ante. I worry about that with Will Barton, too, because Will Barton is sort of – he does so many things for this team that I think he's the guy Malone has ridden the hardest and maybe forgotten. Oh, yeah, Barton's still out there. I played him 25 straight minutes. Um, 
But he he was uh, 16 points tonight, five rebounds. He was a plus 20. He didn't have to play too much, and I'm sure he appreciated that. Jamal Murray made his return, and it turns out he helps the team be better. <laughs> what, I, despite what, 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 what was that tone? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. No, no, no. What I'm oh, saying okay. is that Jamal Murray is okay. a heck of a player. Tonight he goes 6-9 and nine in his yeah. return, 20 points, 6 assists. Here's what's interesting to me. His postgame was very, I thought, very noteworthy. And I actually wanted – somebody asked this question, I'm glad, and he gave a perfect response. He said that he's never missed games. He's he missed one game at a time, right, two games at most. He missed ten straight. He missed a half of a month. And he said that he got a new perspective from being on the bench because, like, what else are you going to do? You have to engage in something. And I, I, I think it was an earnest comment that he made. He wasn't, like, trying to force it or make himself sound cool or tough or whatever. I think there might be something to Murray stepping back, knowing you're not playing for a while, and just watching. We and talked just, a bit. We talked about this on the show uh, on yesterday. Mm. He's been watching Michael Porter Jr. just have this great run over the last month. He's been watching Nikola Jokic be an absolute beast. Been watching you know Malik and, and Wancho using taking minutes here. Uh, I, I agree. I think it was a really interesting comment, and I think he was. Being genuine with it. Yeah. No, I think he was being genuine as well. I just, I, it was the perfect comment because that's exactly what I would have hoped he would have said in this moment of that, you know, he even talked about eight cutting angles, the pace. He said the pace. He realized like ways to speed up the pace of play, mm-hmm. which for me is one of my criticisms. And yeah, I mean, I think we were saying this. So he, even before tonight's news, coming back to Grant, MPJ, different team. Now he might very much literally be coming back to a different team. Oh, my so God. how Jamal Murray fit into this team for the first few months of the season, um, no longer a relevant question. So the Nuggets might not have anybody active tomorrow. He did say that his ankle was really swollen, that it hurt like hell the whole time he was out there, which we all know Murray. He likes to ham up his injury and his toughness a little bit, so there's a little bit of that. But, um, you know, maybe he doesn't go. But if he does... We haven't seen the Murray MPJ Jokic trio since right. MPJ has really started busting out. And one of the things that this trade sort of does is clear up minutes for MPJ to play a lot. If he is active, we'll see a lot of that, and that could be a lot of fun. Even if Denver's so shorthanded, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe that trio's good enough. Run it up and yeah. do I, the same thing again to Utah. I will say, I was just kind of generally speaking really impressed with Murray coming back after sitting for 10 games and looking as good as he did. Yeah. You know, played super in control was willing to go at the rim and take contact. He had a couple hard falls tonight like he usually does. Um, So I was just impressed with how he played, how aggressive he was coming back after missing 10 games. 10 games is a lot of games. There's a lot. The the most he's missed by far. Um, And so I thought it was an impressive reintegration from him into the – starting lineup, even though it did seem like he tweaked an ankle at one point again. Oh, God. What about Jeremy Grant, who I think continues to sort of look better and better in this team? I mean, Jeremy Grant feels like every game he looks more like he knows where he's supposed to be on this team. Yeah. He looks so much more comfortable, and the the three-point shooting that we thought was going to be streaky all year, I feel like it's been pretty noteworthy how he started off really poorly, got hot, cooled off a little bit, but hasn't cooled off all the way. So, yeah. you know, maybe he's not going to be as streaky as we thought. Yeah. Anything else for anything else stand out from these guys? Monte Morris, I thought, played well tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no, no sense in talking about something. The rest of the guy is not here anymore. <laughs> Gary Harris, again, one of three shooting, three points, but he did his job. That was sure tonight. Yeah, that's all that mattered. Yeah. Denver, Denver's offense managed to score despite having two players, Craig and Harris, that weren't involved in any of it. Did they hold the the Blazers to ten second yep, quarter? Ten points? in the third, I think it third. was. No second. So oh, the second quarter. Yeah, never in the second me. quarter. Second. Yeah, that's why they were up by <laughs> twenty whatever points at the half. That's it was outrageous. Incredible. They do have, you know, we still haven't seen those like maybe only once or twice the four quarters of greatness, but every now and then we see a quarter or two where it's like, man, they can run like a top tier team. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night we're gonna be doing a live show from the DNVR Lounge. Um, who knows? Winner's Lounge, Loser's Who Lounge, knows, Trade man. Lounge. Stranger's Lounge. Stranger's Lounge. You know? yeah. Who knows what kind of lounge we're going to have tomorrow. But we're going to be doing a show from there. Uh, and then, of course, on Thursday, we're all going to be together as well for the trade deadline. So we'll have some type of trade deadline special wrap-up. I'm kind of hoping Denver solves this thing before then, though. I don't know if I want to wait till Thursday at 1 o'clock. I want to, I want to know when I wake up in the morning what the Denver Nuggets roster is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope we do. I feel like every second we go without knowing, I get, I'm going to get more nervous. The, this game tomorrow should be fascinating if it's just like the Jokic show. What's your prediction for, for like, are, are they going to go for it? Yeah. I, I mean, I bet they play Jokic. I bet they kind of go for it with the guys they have. Honest question. Can they can they rest Jokic? Yeah, I don't know I mean, because like, there's no guys. To be yeah. Yeah, like, who no, plays? yeah. They, they, they don't just want to be a, an embarrassment. You if you trade, if you look. rest anybody, I feel like it needs to be Parton. I just, to me, he looks the most beat down. Yeah. I do think Jokic is in due for a rest soon, but I don't know. I don't think you can. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. I don't know that you can. If, I, I yeah. Jamal needs a rest. The, His ankle's yeah. swollen. The, the thing is, man, and we probably didn't spend enough time on this, but just Jokic's run over the last month plus has been Incredible. absolutely. Unbelievable! You asked Michael Malone after the game tonight. If this is the best Jokic. He gave a good played. answer, by the way, and I knew he would say that. And I and I think he was right. He said the playoffs. Yep. I think that's fair. I think that's right, just because the stage, the pressure, you know, what hinges on that moment. That was probably the right answer. But this is as good as he's ever played in the regular season. I thought that when I was going to come on the spot and talk about, um, so Dame's on this tear as statistically the best player in the world right now. You know, low-key in Denver, Jokic is, is kind of a month into a similar run. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get nearly as much play because he's not shooting from 40 feet he's or averaging even more than He's even more than a month, though. Sure, sure, right? But that's what yeah. I mean. And then Dame comes in here as hot as he's ever been. Non-factor. And I know a lot of that is Gary oh, yeah. Torrey, but I'm just saying, like, Jokic's peaks are never going to look like that statistic. It's so true. I love this take. He can be playing. Like, it can look like 23, 10, and 6. If you're not watching, you don't know. He is playing as well as Anyone on the planet. The way I would put it with Yoke, when he plays his hardest and his most focused, we feel that he is just this incredible player. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year. He's been playing like that in the regular season this year, and I can't make sense of it. I can't make sense of if he's just playing that hard because the team needs him to, or if his 75% now is this good. Like, he's just playing so confident tonight that he can toy with Hassan Whiteside Mm -hmm. and drop 30 14 and 8 or 9 or whatever it was. I mean, I think part of it is he's in playoff shape physically. Oh, it's so true. Right yeah, so he can give you more. Yeah. But I think, and Harrison's, Harrison's been on this. I mean, it's, it's, is it the second January in a row now where the team needed him to do it? Yeah. And so maybe that's just it, right? Maybe he looks at, at and maybe he doesn't get enough credit for his, like, I would call it a LeBron clock in November for, like, mm. does the team need <laughs> me right now? Yeah. I asked Brennan this uh, the other day. 
how many players in the league could, could carry the Nuggets like Jokic has over the last month and a half with all the injuries they've had Twice. to what's been, you know, not even a 500 record, a well below fi- a well above 500 record. How many guys in the league could do that? Because Jokic has now done it for two straight years. No, I don't think there's very many. I said, two, I said two. LeBron. And Giannis. Giannis, for sure. I said two. Maybe Harden. Two for sure. I don't know. Harden does a I don't lot think of Harden could. Dame has carried his team, although, again, not like Yoke has. Doesn't like, no. Wins, though. I know Portland is not nearly as good as He wills him to up. points. Like, he can do that. But Yoke just does every, every possession. He's doing something to set the table. And, and, and Bla- such an incredible a Blazers fan would be quick to tell you, like, well, look at how injured they are. But, I mean, has Denver been any less injured oh, for this last month? They just happened to make all these dudes look phenomenal. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing, thing is the defense. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Go for it. Did we I'll just become best friends? Oh, I'll let you have it. do karate in the garage. His defense. He, ha- he has been great defensively. He was so good defensively tonight. On white side, really on on everybody. It, Rotations, two, help side, whatnot. As well, to go yeah. with all the other crazy Dude, stats? It's crazy. Last year, we were talking about him. He was definitely an, an above-average defender last year. And it's going to take a lot of time. I don't know if national NBA landscape will ever come around to that. They probably won't. But, I mean, he is so clearly a, a well above average defender now. And, and then the final five minutes of the game, he's right. a plus defender. Like, like now I will say, there, there I still do have a, a concern about certain playoff-type environments. Sure. You know, if they were to match up with James Harden. You know, that would still be a concern for me uh, with Jokic defensively. But, you know, against... 75% of the teams, he is going to be an above-average defender, a well-above-average defender. I mean, just look at the Portland series last. Like, they didn't lose because Dame and CJ were torching Yoke on the spread pick-and-roll. Yeah. They lost because Noah could guard Rodney Hood. Jeremy Grant, who never, ever, ever... I mean, he literally gives yes and no answers in his career. Yeah, he was asked tonight about Jokic's defense, and he had a quote, guys. He no said, way. I didn't he see said, it. I was busy following both. <laughs> if, if you call Jokic a bad defender... You either don't watch basketball or you don't know what you're watching. Jeremy wow. Grant yeah. put it on Jeremy his shirt. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, who's not been here, right? He doesn't have to come in and, and preach the gospel of yoga. And he doesn't talk. And I mean, he does not talk. He never says he, anything. He, if he didn't feel he that, sucks for that, if he didn't like, feel that, he could just as easily have said, yeah, yeah, he's playing really well. Which, which, is, which is what I would expect. If you asked me what yeah, he said, I would that's say a real exactly quote, so That's That's incredible. Kudos to Jeremy Grant. He's still on the team. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. This was a this was a wild night. What a wild week. I'm emotionally drained. I feel like I might get traded. <laughs> I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation next week. I can't wait. I need. A, I'm so drained, man. This has been a roller coaster. It's going to continue to be. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. All right, before we get before we get out of here, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. So we got to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. May not be what you think it is because Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. They've been doing it since 1972, providing the highest quality products from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And with the snow here, you know Denver Rubber Company has everything you need when it has when it comes to snow plows. DRC can cut the size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a while ago. It was nothing short of amazing. They've got proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. We even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. 
Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all and you can purchase products for yourself and of course buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're family owned with loyalty only to the people. Just like us here at DNVR, call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR.